really um, looking forward to speaking with you because I found out that the WHO, the World Health Organization, has this um, um, department that you have been um, at the helm, which is health and the arts. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't call it a department. It's a... Uh, more of a program, a project. Uh, oh, well, we have department. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, department is is a, a rather big affair. This uh, uh, this is a new venture. I mean, new for WHO. It's been around for about two years now. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's pretty recent indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So tell us a little bit how it came to be. Um, uh, who are the good uh, souls that realized the importance of the arts for, for uh, health? Well, it really was Dr. Tedros. When he was elected director general, he put out this famous call to staff for crazy ideas. And uh, uh, you know, staff responded. Uh, lots and lots of really creative ideas were presented to him, and he gave the green light to many of them. And my my crazy idea was to start this arts and health program. And he gave me my 15 minutes to make my elevator pitch to him. And it was really quite simple. I said, we know that data, evidence, and information are essential for problem solving, for identifying objective scientific truth, for saving lives. But we also know from the evidence the data, evidence, and information by themselves are often insufficient to get people to change their minds or behavior. To do that, you need empathy, often in the form of a narrative. And uh, he agreed. And that was the beginning of, of the program. Excellent. Uh, so you've been active in Africa, I've seen, that you had some programs that were already rolled out there? Well, yeah. Yes, uh, but I think it's also fair to say that the connection between arts and health has, at the community level, has been practiced by Africans since time immemorial. Uh, that it, in many respects, we have more to learn from them than, than they have from us, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yes. I grew up in Brazil, so I, you know, uh, we have a very longer uh, uh, um, African-American uh, culture there. So, yes, indeed, the, the arts is something, you know, and healing, the healing arts, as you know, the candomblé and all the uh, the Afro-religions, you know, it's a combination which I always was very attracted to because it's the arts of it, right? It's uh, the symbolism and the dances, you know, because the, when the saints come down to earth to speak to us mortals, they dance. They come through a medium and they dance and they're healing people through that dance. So, yeah, and, and I was, what what's important from a WHO perspective is that it, it's not like WHO has gone crazy and rejected scientific method and is embracing sympathetic magic. Uh, no, we're not no, doing that. When practicing the performances, these uh, these narratives, the, the song, these arts, that uh, literally there are measurable changes in cortisol levels in uh, in being able to frame what is happening that 
may not actually cure the condition, but can help with your own personal healing and well-being uh, and, and put you into a frame where uh, you, you, you have a better chance at warding off the, the disease. Uh, but even if you can't, to, to make that journey, whatever it ends up being, personally meaningful. In, in whatever way. Uh, I mean, just as an example, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and I was at that time given a 50% chance of surviving the year. At that time, uh, I, I started practicing my own art, which was the theater uh, and all that. And I can't say that involving the arts will cure cancer. It won't. It, there's a difference between curing and healing. Well, but what I can say is that it put me into a more positive frame of mind. It, it allowed me to have the medications, perhaps arguably to, to have a better effect. But even leaving that aside, it, it comforted me. It, it allowed me to, to find purpose and meaning in a very, very difficult time of my life. And that has a huge healing value. Absolutely, yes. And it is measurable in labs, actually. As you said, the levels of cortisol, uh, it's part of a, a palliative care, right? Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, making, managing the, the symptoms, uh, you know, in, in the case of chronic diseases too, it's, you know, it's a certain frame of mind. We know very well now this interaction between body and mind has That's been right. clearly established by, by traditional Western medicine as well. So we know that this have an impact in your well-being, in, in how you manage the diseases, right? So, it, so when, so when we talk that WHO is giving more attention to that, actually. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and when we talk about the use of the arts in whether it's palliative care or just rehabilitation or uh, any other aspect, we're, we're not saying it replaces other disciplines. It doesn't replace medicine. It doesn't replace physical therapy. It doesn't replace uh, psycho psychological support, um, but it may enhance it. When we talk about the healing power of the arts, it's not a zero sum equation. We're not saying, oh, the arts can replace medicine. Oh, the arts can replace physical therapy. Oh, the arts can replace uh, psychological support. No, we're not, we're not saying any of that. What we are saying is that the arts can augment all of those things. And uh, and, and, and brings its own value to the table that's complementary. So, uh, for instance, there was a study that was done, uh, and as part of our WHO report on the evidence base for the health benefits of the arts that came out in 2019, where uh, patients who were undergoing physical rehabilitation for a variety of reasons, it could be an accident, it could be a medical procedure, were divided into two groups. One group had their physical therapy where they had to repeat certain movements a set number of times over a given period. Um, and then the other group did the exact same movements, but to music, and it, it turned into a dance. So the patients undergoing physical therapy to music not only had a quicker recovery time, they uh, had a more 
pleasant experience of it. They, they didn't report as much discomfort. They found the joy in it. And, and to me, that's a perfect example. Or in our society, we tend to think about things in, in sort of zero-sum equations, where something is either the silver bullet that's supposed to heal everything, or it's no good. It's, it's fake. Uh, and and we, we fall into this black and white thinking increasingly, I think, because of social media and, and the way we discuss things. And I, I think, particularly in the area of arts and health, it's, it's not so black and white. Uh, I, I think what we can say is that the use of the arts in a health context can be very positive, uh, but we are not saying it is a cure-all, that it will replace other things. It augments them. And I think that's, uh, and, and it helps, frankly, uh, it, it, it helps people um, find that, that present moment to, to reconnect to themselves, to their environment, to the people around them. And, and, and it, particularly in, in times of misfortune, uh, medical or otherwise, to, to bring meaning, uh, your own personal authentic meaning to what's happening. And uh, that can help you recover. Or if you don't recover, it can help um, give solace uh, and, and, and some form of meaning and closure to, uh, to those misfortunes. Yes, indeed, indeed. And also uh, we have uh, this um, cultural context is very important, right? Uh, if you were born in a region of Africa, you might, if you're experiencing psychological distress because you've been displaced or because you had to emigrate because conflict in your country of origin, um, they may recommend you to go see a psychotherapist. But the psychotherapist, psychotherapy techniques we have, methods, are developed in the West, you know, so maybe they don't resonate with this person who grew up in a culture where his grandmother would come and make a tea or, uh, you know, would know about certain medicinal herbs that would help lift one's mood or, or there were dances in the community that would help people extrapolate their problems or understand themselves or just get out of the, the way of the thinking uh, in, on their problems. So psychotherapy, uh, you know, or psychiatry, even more so, doesn't doesn't is a one size isn't a one size fits all. There are certain cultures that wouldn't make any sense because the whole premises are based on on a cultural context, which these people don't have any relation to. Well, I, I think what you're saying as well. Michael Foucault, uh, Michel Foucault, also spoke at length about these these issues, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think what you're saying certainly resonates with what I'm hearing from different cultures around the world. Uh, I had a town hall meeting a number of weeks ago with artists uh, in the Navajo Nation in the U.S., uh, indigenous peoples there. And we were talking about the effects of the pandemic on uh, the Navajo people. And I, I asked very specifically, is there any psychosocial support 
you know, in the health system? Uh, are you getting the mental health support that you need? And they kind of laughed. And the first answer was, well, the health system in general is quite weak, let alone for mental health. But then one of them said exactly the point that you're making. He said, well, the problem with Western uh, psychology techniques is that it's often based on the talk therapy. And it, it's also based on going back into your own personal experience. Whereas for many people, and they felt the Navajo people this was true of, they don't define themselves solely as individuals, but as a community. And so to have a method that burrows deep into your personal past is less resonant for them than uh, a technique that involves the whole community in exploring uh, a truth uh, for that community. And, uh, and I said, so you find that the arts do that? And, and he said, well, we found that for millennia. <laughs> But that's part of their lives, right? Like exactly, exactly. They, will have, they will have some sort of uh, gathering where the whole community is involved, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and this is where, uh, uh, again, uh, I think it's rather arrogant for us to, to go to these communities and say, oh, we have this idea. No, 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 no. They, yeah, have they some know. <laughs> How about some Freud? That's right. <laughs> so like, maybe these things work for, for us Westerns, right? People who grew up in, in a culture that's maybe similar, you know. Or, 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 to, or, or and, could, and, or you could know, be helpful. Christian traditions have been so strong shaping these yeah. forms of therapy that we re it resonates, right, if you grew up in this context. Yeah, and... and uh... You know, and those those other techniques could be helpful in this context too. Uh, I, I'm not saying they wouldn't be. All I'm saying is that part of the joy uh, and effectiveness of working through the arts is that it actually involves deep listening and deep observation, and and allowing whoever you're working with in that community to give them the tools to tell their own story in the way that's most meaningful to them. That's what the arts do. And it's not imposing a solution or imposing a behavior or imposing a path on them. It's, it's letting them find that path that is authentic to them. And it, to me, it, it, it all boils back to my favorite quote from Carl Jung, the Swiss psychologist who said, Loneliness is not the absence of people. Loneliness is the inability to express what matters to you most. And I think those words are particularly resonant during this pandemic that we've all lived through in the last uh, year and a half, because the isolation has been hard for people, but it's more than just being isolated from humans. It's being isolated from being able to express what matters to you, what, what you care about. And too often when we come in with a solution to a community, we're also imposing a worldview, we're, we're imposing a point of view, we're imposing an outcome that we think they should have. Uh, and that can create 
a terrible spiritual loneliness uh, in the people of not really being heard. So to take another approach where we actually come in and we listen and we let them tell their story in the way that they want to tell it, uh, that's, that's a very different dynamic. And, and I think it's a liberating one and a healing one. Thank you very much, Christopher Bailey from the World Health Organization, from the Arts and Health Program.